I've got a, an invitation for you. An invitation. If you look on, first of all, if you look on uh, what we're all about, strengthen the reach, you see one of the categories that we're to reach is the Jewish community. And uh, coming up is an opportunity for you to reach your um, Jewish family and friends, and that's to invite them to our, our Hanukkah party. And the, uh, the information's in the back. You can, you can get that, but it's going to be December, December 12th, and uh, it's right after our service, so you attend the service, and then um, we, have, we have a huge party. It's um, a lot of fun, and uh, it's a chance. It's it's a door for you to invite your Jewish family and friends. Um, that's what it's it's really we're using that for. So you should be there. I'm going to look for you. I'm going to look for you. Me? Yeah, you. So Marty Spilkes calls me. And he says, he says, I want to tell you what happened. He said, I was driving down the street worried because I had this really, really important business connection to do. And I couldn't find a parking place. So what I did is I prayed and I said, oh, Lord, have pity on me. Help me find a parking place. And I'll attend church regularly. And I'll even tithe more frequently. Miraculously, a parking place appeared. Marty looked up again and said, Never mind, Lord, I just found one. (laughs) There's a lot of truth to that story, isn't there? A lot of truth. So, I didn't speak last week, but I spoke last week. But it was not here. I spoke at Beth Messiah. So this is one of these times that I want you to go on our website, BethMessiah.us, because I preach the sermon that you have to hear. You have to hear because it goes along with this sermon. I'm building something to a conclusion. And uh, I really want you to go on that. And so while you're doing dishes, guys, while you're, whatever you're doing... <laughs> Um, go, on, go on that and, and listen to that, that message. But what I'll do for this message, I'll just give you some highlights, what I talked about. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 9, the Apostle Paul was writing and said, I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive... And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. So that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. We are familiar with his evil schemes. Last week I, I, uh, I first spoke on ten important facts that we must know about our enemy, Satan. I then briefly spoke about six ways Satan has successfully operated throughout the generations. His plans have not changed a whole lot. The ten facts were this. 
Satan is not all-knowing. Satan, or the devil, was tossed out of heaven along with his followers who are known as demons. Satan knows he is doomed, and he knows his end. Number four, Satan cannot do anything without God's permission, do anything to harm the people of God without God's permission. Number five, Satan can quote scripture. Number six, Satan is a liar, and he's the father of lies. Number seven, Satan can appear as an angel of light. Number eight, Satan can um, pervert the scriptures to oppose and hinder the gospel. Number nine, Satan can do miracles. Say, where's that, Frank? Well, let me tell you. Do you remember remember when Moses, God told Moses, take your staff and throw it on the ground? Became a what? A snake. Well, then, you have Pharaoh and his boys. They did the same thing, didn't they? Became snakes. But whose snake ate up whose? So Satan can do miracles. Number 10, Satan is a tempter and an accuser. He loves to tempt and accuse, especially the brethren. Now, the six ways Satan has successfully been operating are these six. Now, there's many ways, but these are the top six. Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers so they stay in his kingdom. Number two, Satan will tempt both believers and unbelievers in their times of weaknesses. Number three, Satan will cause events, people, and timing to come together So believers think it's the leading of God. Satan will also put obstacles in the path of a believer, so he'll think it's the the leading of God also. Number four, Satan or a demon might present itself as a believer. 2 Corinthians 11.13 says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen masquerading as apostles of Christ, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising, then, that his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Number five, because Satan knows the scriptures, a believer should not be surprised if a scripture comes to mind when he's tempted to do something questionable. And number six, the timing of Satan is predictable. He finds it easy to attack believers in their times of physical and mental tiredness. He also finds it easy to attack in times of discouragement, in those times when we make an honest mistake. So how can a believer know if what he sees, hears, and senses is God or the enemy? Well, all these things that Satan can do, how do we know if what we see, hear, or sense is really of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this good time when, when, my friends, we congregate together to worship you as a family. And Lord, I pray that I don't cause confusion. But that we see how you protect your people. Thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So how do you know if what you sense is is God 
or the enemy? And the answer, let me tell you the answer to this, is both easy and it's really difficult. The answer is easy. On the other hand, it's very difficult. It's easy if what you sense does not line up with the word of God. Can you amen that? Okay. Example. If what I see is contrary to God's word, can it be of God? Huh? No. If it's contrary to the word of God, how could it be of God? He's not going to contradict himself. I see a picture of a face of what I believe to be Jesus on a carved stone that becomes sacred to me. Is that, is that stone with, with its image of God? No! And In the news, every so often we see people claiming they see a picture of Jesus on a potato chip or something. You know, and they, they, they call everybody, you, you understand what they come and they, and they want to see it and they want to worship it, you know. Can that be of God? That's not of God. Well, Frank, how do you know that? Well, Leviticus 26, 1 says, don't make idols for yourselves. Don't set up an image or a sacred pillar for yourselves. And don't place a carved stone in your, in your land that you can bow down to in worship. I am God, your God. So it violates Scripture. You say that's Old Testament. All Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable, and God does not change His ways from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Are you with me on that? So if God didn't like it in the Old Testament times, He's not going to love it in the New Testament times. Example number two. If what I hear is contrary to God's Word, can it be God? No. I don't need to give you a long explanation on that. It's, it can't be. Example number three. Now, if what I sense is contrary to God's word, can it be God? No. It can't be. Picture this. This week I'm short on cash. On my way to the store... I look down in my driveway, and there's a $20 bill. So I put the money in my wallet while I'm thanking God. About an hour later, I run into my friend who tells me that he lost $20 when he recently was at my home. And the scripture comes to mind. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. A scripture comes to mind. I go, oh, I have a choice. Question is, do you think that scripture came from God? No! Remember, the devil can quote, demons can quote scripture. Why is it not from God? Because I know who the $20 belongs to, and if I keep the money, it'd be like stealing it. And God's not for stealing. So would you agree with me that what I'm Sensing is contrary to the word of God. That which I'm sensing cannot be from God. Would you agree with me? Come on, I'm using logic here. So Frank, what if I'm, I'm not sure what the Bible has to say about my situation? You see, it's important to know the word of God. 
I mean know the Word of God, get easily swayed. If you don't know the Word of God. But if you're not really up on the Word of God like you should be, what do you do in, the, in this case? Well, I suggest you talk to someone who might know what the Bible has to say about your situation, like one of our elders. Talk to one of them, and I know if they're not sure, they'll, they'll talk to me or Jim. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. The fact of the matter is, it's not all that easy to know if something is of God or the enemy. On one hand it is, but on the other hand it's not. Why? Because Satan can both feed untrue thoughts into your minds as well as twist the truth. Because Satan can quote and distort the scriptures. Because Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light and his demons can disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. And because Satan can do miracles. So on one hand, it's really easy. On the other hand, it's very difficult to know if something is of God. Are you with me so far? Now I'm going to turn the boat a little bit. Stay with me. I want to read a couple scriptures before I explain what I just read. In 1 John 4 verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Did you hear what I, we just said? You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know. If this is, and this is one way, by the way. It's not the way, but it's one way for sure. For we know uh, if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world, and indeed is already here. So we're not to believe everyone who says, thus saith the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12.4 talks about these particular gifts of the Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, you're given a gift of the Holy Spirit, but it's not for you. It's for us, other people. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all of 
all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, there, you know, I like using different, different versions of the Bible. So the, the New King James says discerning of spirits. The NIV says distinguishing between spirits. The NLT says the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. So the discerning of spirits is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to the body of Christ. Again, 1 Corinthians 12.8. I'm just going to read the last. A spiritual given to each of us so we can help each other. Okay, it's... The, the, the gift of discerning of spirits is not for you, it's for to help others. Now, this is an interesting gift. Interesting gift. Frank, what is that gift of, this, of discerning of spirits? What really is this? There's a lot of confusion about what this gift really is. I believe I operate in this gift. And uh, my prayer is that the the, um, the leaders of any family would have this particular gift. You know, the discerning of spirits is, is, is one of the nine valuable gifts of the spirit that Paul wrote about to the believers in Corinth. We just, we just read this. The gift of discerning of spirits is a God-given ability to recognize the identity of the spirits which are behind different manifestations and activities. Today this gift is much needed in the body of Christ because the body of Christ is being revived. And so are the workings of Satan, by the way. Now we know that Satan is a counterfeiter, amen? And might appear to believers as an angel of light, which means he or one of his demons might appear as someone who was saved. The discerning of spirits is the ability to tell the difference between the counterfeit and the Holy Spirit. This gift is not meant only to recognize demons. It's to recognize what is genuine and what is counterfeit. And someone should stand up and give, and give a word, and it lines up with Scripture. But just because it lines up with Scripture... Does that mean it's of God? No. Why is that? Satan can give scripture also. The gift of discerning of spirits also enables a believer to distinguish the difference between what is of the flesh and what is of the spirit, plus what is of of the flesh and what is of demonic activity or Satan. In other words, a believer may be in the flesh but not necessarily be influenced by the devil. But sometimes a believer can be in the flesh, which opens the door for a believer to be influenced by Satan. I want to give you an example. I want to give you an example. And this is a time, I wish I was there to see this. I'd like to see Peter's face when, when, when Jesus said what he said to him. In Matthew 16, 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell the disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, 
the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. So he's telling his disciples all these things that are going to happen to him. They love him. They follow him. They want to be like him. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus just said, what's going to happen? He says, it's not going to happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human, pers- uh, a human point of view, not from God's. Wow. The way I see it, Peter became fearful because of what Jesus said about dying a terrible death. And then being raised from the dead. He probably heard the death part and not the raised from the de- dead part very clearly. Probably didn't make sense to him. Peter was unaware that his fear opened the door to be oppressed by Satan, to influence him, to reprimand Jesus and say, Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. And it was then that Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. In other words, Satan, get lost, because you have no idea how God's working here. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? <laughs> what, what a picture. They're all, all the disciples are being told what's going to happen, and it was painful for them to hear that their leader was going to die a terrible death. Peter says, Jesus, come here. And then he reprimands him. He's reprimanding God in the flesh. That's chutzpah. (laughs) Peter thinks he's doing a good thing. And Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. Whoa. What do you think Peter thought? I have no idea but I don't think he was blessed. (laughs) The discerning of spirits is a gift. Every believer in leadership in the body of Christ needs to pray to have. Why? To protect, guard, guide, and properly feed the people. This gift also helps to clarify um, to... um, and, and keep God's people from going into hurtful experiences and having bad influences. Well, Frank, does this gift work the same in all who have it? No, I don't believe so. Not all who have the gift of asserting of spirits operate the same way. It's not cookie-cutter like that. This gift seems to work on different, on, different, on different levels. For example, one person with this gift might operate more in the realm of discerning of what is of the flesh, 
while another person might operate more in the realm of discerning what is demonic. I want to look at a time when Peter really manifested the gift of discerning of spirits. He manifested this himself. In Acts 5, verse 1, But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount, which is with his wife's consent. He kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart. You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was afraid. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. When, uh, when, he claimed, when he claimed to bring the full amount of money to the apostles, Peter knew, he knew, by the discerning of spirits, that what he was saying, what he was hearing was not truthful, nor was it of the flesh, but it was from Satan who filled his heart. Many times, the discerning of spirits and the word of knowledge, they really seem to go together. They seem to go together. As in Ananias and Sapphira here. But Peter knew that Satan was part of this. That it was not of the flesh. Satan filled his heart. I want to conclude with a thought from Acts 20. Acts 20, verse 28. Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has placed you as leaders. To shepherd God's well, I'm going to read. I'm reading here out of the. I'm, I'm trying to translate it back into NIV or something like that. But this is from the Complete Jewish Bible. I'm going to read this right from the Complete Jewish Bible. Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock in which the Ruach Hakodesh has placed you as leaders to shepherd God's messianic community, which He won for Himself at the cost of His own Son's blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you. And they won't spare the flock. Even from among your own number, men will rise and teach perversions of the truth in order to drag away the Talmudim, or the disciples, after themselves. So stay alert. Now here's some good news. I'm going to end with some really good news. It's this precious gift of the discerning of spirits that helps to protect us from being deceived and dragged away by our enemy. This is a message of, of caution. 
Just because you hear something and you think it's by the Spirit of God, it may not be. You know, I go to, when I go to different churches or congregations, many times someone wants to prophesy to me. I won't receive it until it's judged. And so I'll ask the pastor, I'll say, um, this lady over here wants to prophesy to me. Um, what do you think? And sometimes they'll say, I don't think it's a good idea, Frank. I don't even know who she is. I don't want to hear this. I thus saith God. They're, they're going to use scripture and it's probably going to throw me a, a, in another direction. That's why it's so important. It's so important that when one person just goes prophesying to another person, don't do that. Let it be judged. You just don't go prophesying one to another, laying hands on one another, ordaining one another. It doesn't work that way. It's to be judged. And this is important because just because you sense something, it doesn't mean it's of God. You know, when we're used of the devil, we don't know it. (coughs) You think Peter knew (coughs) that Satan was behind what he was feeling and what he said? No, he didn't know that. That's why it's so important not to just go prophesying one to another. You hear what I'm saying? If you're one that probably likes to prophesy to people individually, don't. Or if you're being prophesied to, say, I want to get an elder first. Or my home leader, my home fellowship leader. Someone in authority. To judge this. Otherwise you get... You get led astray or who knows what can happen. It gets put into your soul. The discerning of spirits is a, is a wonderful gift to the body of Christ. Wonderful gift. So we have so just because what you hear is scripture doesn't mean it's of God. Just because what you sense doesn't mean it's from God. Just because of what you see doesn't mean. It's of God. You hear what I'm saying? This is an important message. Let's all stand together. You know, God loves us. We sang that song. It's a, it's a song of truth. He loves us, and he protects us. And one of these protections is the gift of discerning of spirits. In number 621, the Lord wants to bless his people. And so he tells the the leadership, this is what you say. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace in your heart. As you're following Jesus. Every day. In Jesus' name, amen.